0: good evening people welcome to the show got something here i want you all to know and that thing is welcome to backtracks aerosmith revisited my name is Corey morse joined as always by saint john mariano how are you tonight john Oh,
1: I am terrific. I am pumped. I, I can't get a grip. I am working on my Aerosmith puns because we are about to get started. This is this is episode one, Corey. We've been talking about this for an entire
0: week. Yes. Been getting very excited for an entire week to, to finally do this show. Uh, if you happen to catch episode zero, um, you'll know what the song is. And if you haven't, you know, go back and give it a try. We talk a little bit about what got us into Aerosmith, our love of Aerosmith. And we actually rolled the dice for the very first time. Normally that's going to happen at the beginning of every show, but uh, for episode zero, we rolled it at the end and uh, we rolled a John Mariano pick. Uh, maybe uh, let the people know uh, what song that was. Yeah, I I, I I had picked a couple of songs for the die, die and and
1: Lord of the Thighs off of Get, Get the Grip came up. I'm really excited about this. This is one of my favorite songs to listen to live. It's Joe, Joe Kramer and Steve Perry, arguably their favorite songs, they both claim the song is written about them. Um, so they both can't be right. So some of the, at least somebody is wrong. Um, and I kind of love that. But this song to me is one of those songs that embodies who Aerosmith is. It, 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 it's got some powerful guitars. It's weird because most songs, um, Joe Perry's on lead, Brad, Brad Whitford's on lead, lead on this. Um, Steve Harry plays piano, um, but what I, what I love about this is it has that gut-wrenching riff. It has a lot, and we're going to break down as we listen to it, but it, this is an Aerosmith song, right? Like, you can cover it, but definitively, like, if you were looking for the sound of Aerosmith, this is one of those songs that is that sound, right?
0: Oh, yeah. And- so. The one thing that sticks out to me about this song, John, is the double entendres, which uh, if you know Aerosmith, you know, Steven Tyler's lyric writing, double entendres are a big part of that. And um, I, I, I co-host the Van Halen podcast called And the Podcast Will Rock. And we're doing a lot of David Lee Ross songs right now. And he's also the master of the double entendre. Uh, Stephen Tyler, I think, takes it just that one notch higher. Uh, he's got some tremendous lyrics uh, in this song. That and the, and the funky kind of Joey Kramer drumbeat are the two things that I remember off the hop from Lord of the Thighs. But this, is a, uh, this has been a live staple for the band ever since it was released back in uh, 1974. And ironically, um, it was the last song written for Get Your Wings, uh, the band's second album. They kind of needed one more record, uh, so they locked themselves in the studio and banged this out really quick. And it, it became one of their more iconic songs, I think.
1: Well, one of the things I, 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 lo- I love about Aerosmith is they're a very bluesy band, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but but they, were, they also have that hard rock he, heavy metal edge to them and and this song has a little bit of all those elements, but when you listen to it live, they go into a jam session that that will turn the song from its what was it like four minutes long or so mm-hmm. and it turns it into a seven to eight minute song, just having the band play around the solos and, and, and play play around with it. And it's a song as you listen to it that really lends to that kind of jam session.
0: Yeah, you're exactly right, and it, it runs about four fifteen, so you're right on the money there. Uh, anything else you want to say about "Lord of the Thighs" before we actually play it? No, I want—I—I I, I really want to listen to it, and
1: um, we you are going to hit pause once in a while. we just—I want to prep the fa- the fans, the listeners. We're not going to listen to the song straight through. If we have comments or we have thoughts, we're going to, we're going to hit pause and, and we're going to talk about it a little bit. So don't get jarred if, if you're looking to listen to the entire song. By all means, after this episode, go and listen to the song. Go listen to this album. Right? It's a great album. But Corey, why don't, why don't we, it's been a while since I've heard the song straight through. So why, why, don't, why don't we start listening to it? And If you got something to say or I got something to say, we'll, we'll,
0: we'll, we'll break in. Sounds good, buddy. Here's Lord of the Thighs off 1974's Get Your Wings.
1: Corey, um, I didn't mean to stop you so soon, but I don't know if I I have ever noticed this before, but that's the drum beat to Walk This Way. A little
0: bit. There's a little variance, but it's very, very close. You are correct. It's
1: it's, it's super close. It's because I've heard them play Walk This Way live, and that little variance is almost like the jazzy riff they do leading into Walk This Way live. Mm-hmm. It's,
0: it, that's crazy. It is. And of course, Walk This Way yeah, comes out on uh, Toys in the Attic, uh, w- yeah. which is the next album. So yeah, they, they are very close. Uh, it, it, there's like one beat off. If like It just kind of one beat off, but yeah, a good call. Very, very close. All right, let's keep going here.
1: So, so we're hearing a lot of stuff, we're, hear, we, we're hearing the progression, we're hearing the build, but, but, but these opening guitar riffs, right before the piano hits, I know, I, I know Steven Tyler just started sprinkling the piano in there, mm-hmm. but right before that, those opening guitar riffs are, I had brought up in our episode zero, like the, the feeling of like a motorcycle, uh, and, and, and wanting to start the mixtape off with something with a little bit of power. And I feel like the power chords and the riffs that we're getting here, Are kind of like what I was talking about, right? Like, you could, the song's called Lord of the Thighs, and you could almost feel like the machine, like the motorcycle between your thighs listening to this. There's a sexiness to this song. I know we're going to get into the double entendres and the lyrics and everything, but even the rhythm and the feeling of the song is sexy, right? Mm
0: -hmm. Absolutely. And I was just appreciating two guitars because. So many times you hear four-piece bands, it's one guitar. In the studio, they'll just kind of double up. I know doing the Van Halen show, a lot of times Eddie Van Halen's playing rhythm, and then he lays the lead on top of it, right? Here you got Brad Whitford, who's very underrated as a guitar player. And I think technically, maybe a better guitar player than Joe Perry. Like, as a technical guitarist, whereas Joe Perry is more of an instinctual kind of blues guitarist, right? He kind of lays the, the flavor down, the stank, if you will. Uh, and so now you got Brad Whitford kind of laying that train track down. And Joe Perry's just able to put his lead on top of it. And that's kind of the magic of that two guitar system, especially with Aerosmith. They're two different guitar players. And how they approach the song is completely different. And that's why it works. And, and, and this song is a good kind of dichotomy of that because you have Brad Redford just like laying down that, that, that motorcycle-type track, like you mentioned. And then Joe Perry, right now, being re- very reserved, but you're going to hear later on, Joe Perry's going to let loose on this thing. All right, let's keep her going.
1: Down the who knows who just associes. I'm waiting for all my girls when you call my eyes.
0: Now, one thing I want to point out this is Stephen Tyler singing like steven tyler if anyone remembers the first album the self-titled album uh he was singing in a different voice uh, i don't know and i'm trying to remember back when i read walk this way why that reason was but if you listen to dream on especially from that first album right he's singing in a different voice here he's singing like steven tyler so there, there was something and do you remember what that was i don't remember what it was but but he's a lot looser and
1: I don't know. I, I feel like they're starting to grow as a band here, and 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 you feel like this feels like Aerosmith, and I love I love the songs off the first album, but th- calling this album "Get Your Wings" really feels like this is them becoming the Aerosmith that we'll, we'll come to know and love. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and he, his his voice and what he's doing, I think he's trying to be a he's trying to be a, a tighter, more technical sing- singer on the first album. And this, he's embracing the jazziness. He, 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 he's draw, he's drawing his notes out, and he's complimenting the guitars. Like, like you were just talking about the two guitars, they're kind of dancing with each other. They're complimenting each other. And then Stephen comes in with, with, with the piano dancing in and his voice dancing in. And, and, it, and it comes kind of as a through line in between those two guitars. So if those two guitars are, are dancing up and down all around Stephen, and Stephen isn't coming in flat, but he's coming in like a long, drawn-out note for them to dance around. And, and, and you're starting to build that real Aerosmith sound.
0: And I, I think a big part of that, uh, an unsung hero, especially for er, early Aerosmith, was producer Jack Douglas. Uh, he didn't do the first album. This is his first album with the band. And uh, the record company wanted Aerosmith to work with Bob Ezrin, who at the time was producing Alice Cooper. He would go on to produce some Kiss stuff, including uh, music from the elder, which is probably their worst album of all time. One of the worst albums of all time. Uh, but Jack Douglas would work with the band a lot. And and this, you know, very much, I, I think Jack Douglas has a lot to do with that early Aerosmith sound. And it's really paying off here, I think. All right. Let's keep her rolling. Who do you think was Lord of the Thighs? Was it Joe Kramer or was it Steven Tyler? I mean, to me, it's pretty obvious. I mean, I want I want to say it was Steven Tyler, but I, I, I think I think it's weird that Joe
1: Kramer claims he was Lord of the Thighs. Like, I don't think he claims that he's Lord of the Thighs unless he is Lord of the Thighs. Like and I think it's weird that Steven Tyler would ever feel like he needs to claim that he's Lord, like he's Stephen <laughs> freaking Tyler. Um, you know, the one thing that I don't know that I've ever appreciated is the piano in the song mm-hmm. and, and the role it plays, right? Like I'm very much the, the guitar guy, like guitars are, are what I'm drawn to. And then, and then secondly, vo- like the vocals in songs. and songs. I've never appreciated, this might be one of those songs. I'm really happy this is the first song that we're listening to because it feels like it has all the elements that make Aerosmith great going on. Like You think about the great piano and like a song like Dream On, mm-hmm. and, and and you think about the, the heavy guitar riffs and some of their other songs, and, and, and the way the drums and the bass are getting laid in, and all of that's at play here.
0: Yep, and uh, I'm thinking back to Joy Kramer and those early stories of Steven Tyler kind of kicking his ass and making him work and work and work to get the part just right. It, it just making him a better drummer, and I think he acknowledges that uh, in the book, Walk This Way, like all that grief steven tyler gave him made him a better drummer and he's he's holding the beat perfect here and him and tom hamilton work so well together uh to to get in that pocket and really drive that groove And this is a very groove based song which uh, i equate very much to aerosmith
1: well well Corey, that's kind of like you you and i it's it's like you're a really great producer and i kick your ass once in a while and i tell you (laughs) like you gotta play the song and keep playing the song so the show keeps moving right and i try to make you a better producer so i'm kind of your steven tyler
0: right Okay, I can take the hit. I'll play the song. What do you think lyrically what do we got going on here like uh I, i'm I, and because i do the van halen show i'm listening to a lot of early van halen where david lyric david's lyrics weren't as refined as they would become on later albums Th- this is pretty pretty refined lyrics for a guy on his second album like i know stephen tyler was a pretty accomplished uh musician you know before he even entered aerosmith and of course this is their second album um but you know lyrically pretty impressed with uh, how he's writing it.
1: but Stephen Tyler is a profound and, 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 and accomplished lyricist and uh, you know we'll get into it when we talk to, about some of his other songs that he wrote when he was a little bit younger um, so he's been writing songs at this point probably close to 7 to 10 years mm-hmm. right he, even, even, even though the band's only a couple of years old he, he, he was writing I think before he was a teenager I don't remember if it was like ten or thirteen. They really started writing lyrics, and and it shows. Like it shows that this is not just a passion of his, but it's like part of his DNA. Mm-hmm. And and uh, you know, you're you're the beat, and you're and you're the hook. So someone bound to take a look. I'm your man, child, lord of the thighs. Just the way he knows. It's almost like he knows how he's gonna sing it is just putting the words there so that way he can jazz and riff as he goes um, with, with the sounds of his voice, and, and
0: it works. Oh, absolutely. And uh, Now we're coming up to one of my favorite parts of the song, so uh, let's give it a listen. No, I would have to go back on on the live recordings. It it sounds like that. I don't know if he's using a slide there, um, but if he's not, I think in live recordings that'd be a good place to put that slide, like like put a slide on the guitar on that lead there. Like, is that? It it almost sounds like it is, but it's hard to tell. And I'm not a guitar player, but I, I would think live that's where Joe would break out the slide and really kind of put some some bend on that.
1: I'm more impressed how Steven Tyler just turned the word thighs, which is a one syllable word. Into essentially a 15-syllable <laughs> word with the way he drew that
0: out oh he does that better than anybody absolutely good call yeah. <laughs> all right let's keep it roll.
1: now now this is the part of the song when you listen to it live and when, you, when you're at the concert that doubles the length of the song because, yeah. and, and you can hear it a little bit here in what they're doing and they keep it tight for the album, but they're just riffing with each other on the album. Right. And, 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 and they, and they keep it tight enough to, to keep the, sh- the song length down, but when they're live and they're going at it, this is one of the best parts of any show that you're going to see.
0: I think that's why it remains one of one of their favorite songs especially uh, Joey Kramer and uh, and Steven Tyler they both uh, both of them say this is one of their favorite tracks of all time and they've played this thing live um quite a bit
1: but but what I think is really remarkable about this song is a lot of times when you're listening to a band different songs spotlight different members of the band mm-hmm. right right like, like, like Moby Dick and Led Zeppelin come to mind when I think of stuff like that right, right. like and with a with drum solo, like, like you have something with a drum solo or featuring the drummer or featuring the guitarist. It really feels like Aerosmith on this song is such a well-oiled machine that it's like a truly great movie or a truly great album where everything just works. And all five members of the band are being spotlighted at the same time. Which is kind of remarkable when you really try to wrap your head around it.
0: The only one who, who might get a little bored at this point, I think, is Brad Whitford, because he's just pretty much just playing that same thing, right? He's laying down the the, the track for the lead he, to ride on. Well, 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 he's he's laying it down,
1: but his base is almost the foundation. The rest of it's getting built off of at this point, right? Like, you need you can't have everybody all over the place, and and his his bass is laying that foundation, you know, kind of like early on when I was talking about Steven Tyler's voice being the thread that everybody was playing around. Now yeah now now you have um, Tom Hamilton's bass be, be, being what everyone's kind of playing around. Right. Yeah. It's like the but everyone else is kind of playing around that. So you have to lay the foundation, but it's prevalent. Right, like to, to to the point of when I'm saying like it's spotlighting everybody. He might not be putting the flare in, but that baseline is very prevalent because it is the through line, and everyone's dancing around it.
0: Mm-hmm. And if I say Tom Hamilton, I apologize. I meant yeah. Brad Whitford uh, on the rhythm. But quite often in the best Aerosmith stuff, it's Brad Whitford, Tom Hamilton, Joy Kramer all working together. And when yeah. you have that three man rhythm section, whereas most bands have two. Um, it, it just makes it that that much richer, especially for a guy like Joe Perry. And uh, I'm really digging this solo so far. What do you think?
1: Oh, this is this is one of, like like I wasn't exaggerating. Like I've seen a bunch of bands live. I've seen Aerosmith three times live. Mm-hmm. This this solo this bit here, this in- instrumental live, is one of my favorite performances that I get to see in a concert. All right, and and and, and listening to it on the on an album called. I really appreciate how tightly they wrote it, but they also wrote it in mind. It feels like that this could be a spotlight on any show they play, and it became a mainstay on every show they played after this. So, you know, it's 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 not like we're blowing smoke up the song,
0: not at all. And uh, this might be a good time to mention that just because we have Lord of the Thighs the studio cut, uh, we got some official uh, al- uh, live cuts of Lord of the Thighs as well. So we might put one of those on the die and maybe a live version might beat out the studio cut. And, and that's kind of where this gets interesting. It's not just the 15 studio albums. It's, it's demos, pretty much anything that was released officially by the band we're going to go with. So if there's a version of Lord of your Th- Lord of the thighs on uh classic hits one or two, uh, and I can't remember which one it is. It's on one of them uh, live bootleg. It's on as well. Classic lives one. It was on, um, you know, I might throw one of those on the dice too, and maybe maybe the live version beats out the studio version.
1: So so folks, what Corey's saying
0: is we hope you like the song because you're gonna hear it a few times. Exactly. Yeah. All right, we got a minute thirty-six left, my friend. Let's uh, let, let, let it roll.
1: So, so I know again, really, really close to the end now. Mm -hmm. But to your point about playing the live cuts and where I think it might benefit is on the studio cut. As great as the song is, it does get a little repetitive on the outro, right? And 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 it definitely gets a more flair in concert when they're really playing it up. And and this is a song that really lends itself to to a crowd and, and and. with everyone pl- playing around it. As much as I loved 85 to 90% of the song that we've heard, this outro, I tend to get to the point, and I'm realizing it now, that if I'm listening to it on, on a playlist or something, where I might skip to the next song at this point. Mm-hmm. And, and it's not because I don't like it, but it's because it's it goes on for so long and it's so repetitive for so long that it almost becomes monotonous, even though
0: it's not. Joe is very restrained here. Like you said, playing this live, he's really got an opportunity with his rhythm section laying down that great groove to to put some cool stuff on there. And yeah, he's not taking advantage of that in the studio cut. Whereas on Classics Live's one one or live bootleg, uh, I think we're going to get a better indication of of Joe Perry kind of going nuts on the end of the song. I agree with you 100%.
1: Well, you had brought it up earlier. You guys called it Stank. I think for, for the purposes of the podcast, we're going to call it Joey Stank. Okay. And there's not, there's not enough Joey Stank on the, on the outro of the song, <laughs> right? And, and, and for such a sexy song and such a sexy rhythm and, and everything working earlier on, this song needs more Joey Stank.
0: agreed we we just had steven tyler proclaim i am the lord of your thighs i wanted to point that out he actually point i'm the lord of your thighs not just the thighs so yeah you want kind of a big outro here and it's it's kind of ending on a whimper so yeah i'm I'm looking forward to maybe getting into one of the live cuts and seeing how that one uh ends off here so uh we got 33 seconds left let's see maybe maybe joe's gonna bust something out here at the last 33 seconds nice extended outro. Uh, John, that was your choice uh, for the Dice this week. Uh, your final thoughts on Lord of the Thighs. Is it mixtape worthy?
1: Well, I think I, th- I think we're going to get into this very early on that a lot of the songs that we listen to are definitely going to be mixtape worthy. Right. Um, I think it's going to take us nominating a song that we're either not crazy about or we don't feel very well represents the band. Do I think this is mixtape worthy? absolutely now do do i think that another live version of this or another song could challenge us especially based on that outro yeah absolutely i think it could but for now and until until we get our first 18 in place and we start replacing stuff this absolutely has a home on this mixtape
0: i i concur my friend wholeheartedly but i'm listening to that and i'm wondering i think lord of the thighs might have a tough road to get to the final 18 when it's all said and done um and i especially this version i don't see it lasting on the mixtape very long the live versions i think might have a longer ride but lord of the thighs could have an uphill battle uh what do you think is this a song that has the potential to make it to the final 18 i'm not sure crazy i'm gonna implore the listeners that if you're listening
1: to this episode one I think it's worth sticking around to see if Lord of the Thighs sticks around through 350 plus songs and makes it to the end and, and is declared one of the top 18 for the mixtape.
0: It's gonna be interesting. And, and, and you know what uh, Steven Tyler would say about that? Outstanding. He's a big fan of this song. He would also wonder. Where did you get those lips? I don't know. I just said I, lo- I love that sound clip. I-, I had to throw that in there. He's got so many great ones.
1: What's with the juju bees on your oo bees? <laughs>
0: <laughs> What's with the juju bees on your oo bees? That's ultimate uh, Stephen Tyler right there.
1: I-, I think my favorite thing is that we're covering Lord of the Thighs, and you had Stephen Tyler ask, "Where did you get those lips?" Yeah. <laughs> as he's as he's talking about thighs, and you don't get more sexual, sensual, or or. or innuendo in Aerosmith than that exactly so okay. so so um Corey do you have anything else that you want to say about Aerosmith
0: oh uh, you know what I, I love Aerosmith and uh, Steven summed it up here when it comes to this song but I certainly like the song I liked it a lot there you go I certainly like the song and I liked it a lot Co-
1: Co- Corey um where can the good folks find you
0: the good folks can find me all over the place. I'm at on Twitter and Instagram at cd Morissette. I also uh, co-host a little Van Halen podcast with my friend Mark Kameyer called "And the Podcast Will Rock." Uh, you can find us uh, wherever you get your podcast from uh, on Twitter at Podcast Will Rock and on the interweb www Uh, John, before we get to your uh, socials and things you want to plug, I got a question for you we just took one of your songs off the die. Do you want to put another song on the die at the end of this show, or do you want to wait until next week?
1: No, I like that. I like that idea. I, I like that towards the end of the episode like this, we we replace the song. Like, wh- wherever song goes, we replace that song. So, Corey, you're changing the format on the fly. <laughs> you said this song would be a little bit rock and roll. Here we go. Corey's calling an audible, folks. So, Lord of the Thighs is now off of the die, and we're sticking Permanent Vacation onto
0: the die. Love it, and why Permanent Vacation, my friend?
1: It's, it's similar reasons to Lord of the Thighs. It, it, it's, for a lot of reasons, one of my favorite Aerosmith songs that, that to, hear, to hear live, it's also one of my favorite Aerosmith songs um, where I feel like everything's working on all cylinders. And we can get into it more if, if it hits on the die, We'll absolutely talk about it and get into the reasons more, but for, for now, folks, um, thanks for listening. Um, you can you can find me I, every uh, Tuesday night. I hop on my friend Ken Lapsack's Twitch stream and we record some Red Dead Redemption. We play together. And if you want, want to support anything, you don't need to support my social media. I do just fine with followers. You can you can follow us here at um, back, Backtracks. Uh, Aerosmith Revisited on Twitter and, and you could uh, follow my friend Ken Knapsack who does Pop Rock and Radio on Mixcloud um, he does some fantastic playlists if you're listening to this podcast you're probably a music enthusiast Ken is cultivating playlists Corey and I both subscribe to him we're big fans of his he's a friend of ours and he appreciates music in ways we could only aspire to
0: and man, does he do a great job on pop rock? And I was listening last night and a bunch of songs I never knew I liked from the 1990s he was playing. It was great. And I even threw in a little request for you, my friend. I don't know if you caught it or not.
1: Oh, oh, I did. I, I, I listened. I, it, it was great because the week before I had requested an Aerosmith song and dedicated it to you. Mm-hmm. And then you dedicated a song, you dedicated a white song, white white snake song to me, which I really appreciated. I appreciated your song choice as well. And then, and then Ken followed it up with a, a Lee the Ford request that I, I had put in. Um, yeah. So so again, this is just a he, he he's not a paid sponsor. This is just an endorsement um, where where two music enthusiasts you are getting a flavor for our taste in music by listening to this podcast, and then you could get really get a flavor. For music we appreciate by listening to our friend Ken.
0: That's right. Kidnap Socks, fantastic. That's uh, pop rock and radio on Mixed Cloud. Uh, you won't regret it. Uh, he does shows on Saturdays. He did a, a Rare Wednesday show, which was absolutely fantastic. He's a great guy and an amazing DJ, he does some great stuff. And uh, I thought it was pretty cool that he was playing all this kind of younger hip type music from the 90s. And then here John and I come with a Lita Ford song <laughs> and a White Snake song from the 80s. It, it kind of shows you where our allegiances lie, right?
1: Uh, I mean, I mean, Corey, you call you calling the '90s hip new. It I mean, is hip and new, isn't it? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, Corey, it was 30 years ago, but that's fine. That's fine, Corey. Um, but folks, the other thing you could do is you could support and the podcast will rock. With Corey and our friend Mark Meyer, do an amazing job breaking down the Van Halen catalog, and they're doing they're doing the Lord's work over there. So, by all means, please go support them as well.
0: Well, thank you very much, my friend. We're having a lot of fun over there and I'm having a lot of fun here. We've done what uh, two shows, I guess, show zero and show one. And uh, I think we both hit them out of the park. uh, It's been a lot of fun, but uh, on behalf of my good friend, John Mariano, St. John, my name is Corey Morissette. And as always, we will give the last word to Mr. Steven Tyler.